0: Well, good evening, church. I hope you're all doing well. The weather's finally getting nicer, huh? I don't know about you, but winter was tough for me. It was stark, it was cold and wet. It wasn't very fun. So we have a beautiful message this evening. Before we get into it, and honor and worship the Lord our God, let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this glorious evening. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for being the lamb and the blood over the doorposts of our hearts. Thank you for grace, God, and I ask for faith, and we know that if we have faith the side of a mustard seed, we can move mountains. So what could a little bit of faith do tonight? And believe... There's power in your name, Lord Jesus. And whosoever believes in you would be saved. Beautiful gospel, beautiful good news you've given to us. I ask for the grace to preach it. I ask for the grace for those hearing to receive it. Let us love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you for this wonderful and beautiful evening. Thank you for you, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. So the title of the message tonight is the Lamb of God. Tonight is a night that we recognize this special sacrifice, that Jesus has died to take away the sins of the world. So we're going to go over four points in viewing Jesus. We're going to behold Jesus. We're going to see how Jesus was foretold. We're going to see how we were sold. And then we're going to talk a little bit about gold. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So, firstly, let's behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 31. The next day he, being John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel, I came baptizing in water. Tonight is the night that we recognize this Passover lamb who has covered us in the blood by his death. So we behold Jesus. Jesus, we behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Do you know that that's why he came? That's why he came. Jesus always existed. He has always been here. But he came to take away the sin of the world. That's what we are beholding. And it's amazing if you say, well, he was born by the Virgin Mary. He came into the world. He took on flesh. Well, look at what John the Baptist said. Do you know that John was a few months older than Jesus? Did you know that? And and yet, he says, he existed before me. So right then and there, John the Baptist is referencing that God has always existed. Jesus has always existed. Existed, Because as you see in the beginning of the gospel In the beginning was the word and the word was with God And the word was God Referencing Jesus Christ That's what we see here So John testified saying I have seen the spirit descending as a dove out of heaven And he remained upon him I did not recognize him But he who sent me to baptize in water Said to me he upon whom you see the spirit descending And remaining upon him This is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. Jesus Christ, John says, behold. See Jesus coming. See the Lord coming. See the Lamb coming, one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. This is the Son of God, the only begotten Son of God. He came for you and for me. He baptizes by the Holy Spirit. He seals with the Holy Spirit. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are saved. This is what John is saying. Let's look at it deeper. Let's see how Jesus was foretold. Let's see how he was foretold. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. You see, right from the beginning, see, I, I just told you that Jesus always existed. But right from the beginning... Right when mankind sinned there it is. There's Jesus Christ Right there up on your screen between your seed and her seed That is saying that Jesus will crush the serpent's head Jesus is going to pay the price the sin debt This is foretold right from the beginning before the foundation of the world. He loved us This was God's plan always see The serpent deceived Eve Adam disobeyed and he told Eve surely you will not die Why I tell you the wages of sin is death God knew that God knew what disobedience was going to do But does he not command us to love him with all that we are That means that we have to choose to love him Adam disobeyed he made a conscious decision And he disobeyed. And God is righteous and God is holy. But he didn't leave it there. All right. The wages of sin is death. But right from the beginning, I am going to redeem you. Because God is love. God is love. God is grace. God is mercy. Mercy withholding from us what we deserve, the punishment, that sin debt that we owe and grace giving to us that which we do not deserve. Freedom, righteousness, atonement in Jesus Christ. So right from the beginning, before the foundations of the world, Jesus, her seed, the seed of the woman, would crush the serpent's head. And that's what we saw in Calvary. We also see in Exodus, and this is where it's really important to remind us of the Passover lamb. This, I think, is the most beautiful picture. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On them of this month say they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's household, a lamb for each household. Your lamb shall be unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat. So we all know the story in Exodus. And we know those plagues that came about, this being the last one that the firstborn was going to be taken. And they were to take a lamb, an unblemished lamb. And it would be the blood over their house that was going to save them. We do know that this is an image of Jesus Christ, that this is an image of the Passover lamb, the atonement that would happen. That his blood would be over our souls. And then that death would pass us over. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast against all gods of Egypt. I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you in the house where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The firstborn was the price to pay for Pharaoh's sin. This is what God said. But there, is what, well, there was one way. There was one way to atone for this sin. And that was the lamb, the lamb that we just showed. The blood shall be assigned for you in the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. But I, I do not want us to just gloss over the fact that he's requesting the firstborn. Who is Jesus to the Father? Is he not his firstborn? Is he not his only begotten son? Not only the first son out of second and third sons, he's his first and only son. Can we still see how this is still foretelling what God was willing to do the entire time? God is not cruel, God does not just want to strike down the innocent. But God is righteous, and he is holy, and he is set apart, and he knows that there is only one way to atone for sin, and that is death. The wages of sin is death. He's pointing to Jesus Christ even here. So Jesus is the Passover lamb. And that's what we saw in Exodus. That's what was foretold. And now, 700 years... 700 years before Jesus Christ walks the earth, the prophet Isaiah says this, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty, that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. grief. And like one... From whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. 700 years prior. This is what God was putting in motion. This is what was prophesied. This is the whole time, the whole time Jesus was coming. Jesus had come. There was the way. He is the truth. And the life. No one would come to the Father but through Him. There is one way to get to God, and it was foretold. But He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon Him. And by His scourging, we are healed. Everything we've ever done, every sin, every word against God, every backbiting tongue that we've had, everything, God is giving his son. Jesus came to die for you and I. By his scourging, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Isn't that amazing? Every bit of it is on Jesus Christ. Would you say God is not a merciful God? God. Would you say God is not a gracious God? Surely, I say to you, He is. Surely, He's made a way the entire time for us to repent, for us to be with God. Do you know that God wills for no man to perish, but for all to come to repentance? So then, He is not slow in His return, is He? No, He wants all, but it is one way. Because He said at the beginning, the wages of sin is death. Surely, you will die. But God said, I will die in your place. I will die in your place. I will send my son. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. He was accused. Everything you've done wrong, who here? has ever not done something wrong, has been wrongfully accused? I have. How does that feel? Doesn't that make you just want to get up and, no, that's that's not true. I I didn't do that. And you defend yourself. I defend myself. He didn't defend himself for something that he didn't do. He did what I did. There I was standing in the corner. Well, my Lord is being accused. I am Peter. Peter. And I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't know him, I tell you. And then he looks at me, tied up and beaten and spitting on for what I did. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people, to whom the stroke was due. His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence. When Peter came out and cut the ear off, when Jesus was being taken out of the Garden of Gethsemane, what did Jesus do? He healed. He healed that ear and he said, Stop. This is what had to happen. There was no violence. Nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days. in the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. God was pleased to crush his only begotten son for you and for me. That's how much God loves us. That's how much God loves us. For eternity, they were together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We can't fathom it. I have a beginning. You have a beginning. A beginning we can't even remember, but our parents show us pictures. We have birth certificates. We have dates. They were together forever. Forever and eternity past. And they create Adam. They create Eve of Adam. All these animals. And they give them one command. Do not eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And they break it. They break it. And do you know what God does? He sends his son from the beginning it happened to die for Adam, Eve, and everyone that would come of them for whosoever would believe. I mean, how long in in the blink of eternity did did they really know Adam and Eve? They were together forever and yet just like that, Just like that, he's willing to die for you and I. That is how much he loves us. That is how much he loves you. You were created for a purpose. You were created not to die. You were created to walk with God in the cool of the day, just as Adam was. But now even more so, if you believe in Christ, and you profess with your lips right now, and you believe in your heart, he not only will walk with you, and you walk with him, he will live in you. Amen? But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, as he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will allot him with a portion with the great, and he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. He bore the sin of many. That's you and I. That's whosoever would believe. It's open invitation. He wills that none would perish. Some will, but he wills that none would perish. See, he willed that Adam would not disobey. But he did. He wills that none will perish, but he knows that you have, to, you have to love God. You have to choose to do that by the enabling grace that God gives us. And he made the way through his son. He says, I know that you do not know how to love me, sinful man, so I will send my son, Jesus Christ, to show you what true love is. For God so loved The world he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life God so loved the world. He chose to love the world And this was told 700 years before he even came So if there was any doubt in your mind that jesus maybe decided to do this when he was there Or perhaps that he came for any other reason or perhaps god said, you know what i've decided to love god now and not I've decided to love man now and not always. No, he always loved us. Always loved us. From the foundations of the world. And so he sent his son. When we were there, on the chopping block, he said, no, take me. For even the son of man did not come to be served But to serve and to give his life a ransom for many Mark 10 45 We were held captive by our own sin But he did not come To say to us Oh man You have done me so much wrong And the way for you to atone for this sin This wrong that you have done me for all these years Is to serve me I am your God. Is he not our God? Is he not within his right to do so? He's God. He can do whatever he wants. If I say something against God and he says something against me, who's going to win? God. God is sovereign. God is going to do what he wills. But God wills this, that he would serve us. He would serve us with his life, that he gave himself for a ransom. Ransom. We were held captive. We were tied up and bound. We could not help ourselves. And he paid ransom. And we were flown back from overseas. And we came down out of that plane. And we saw the note on that plane and said, welcome back to freedom. That's what Jesus Christ did for us. Amen? For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is righteous. There is a way to do things. There's a right way and a wrong way. And the wrong way is very simple. You disobey God. That's the wrong way. That's very clear. So when we disobey God and we sin, we transgress, we go against him, we disobey his word, we earn something. We earn death. And we are indebted by our sin. We cannot pay it. Who can rescue themselves? Picture us tied and bound with a millstone thrown in the bottom of a typhoon in the sea. That's, that's not even how hopeless we were. Far more hopeless than I could speak in words. And Christ rescued us. He was our lifesaver. He was our search and rescue team. He saved us. That's what God did. And because he paid it, it's a free gift to us. It's a free gift. We all know that nothing is free in this world. But it it can be free to someone. Everyone knows at Christmas there are free gifts under the tree but who is naive to believe that nobody paid for them? Somebody paid for that. Somebody paid the price. There's no such thing as free. So when we say the free gift of God is eternal life, in Christ Jesus our Lord, what are we saying? That Christ paid the price for you and I. Amen? Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Is that not what we've been saying? Redeemed. You know that word meaned in the original language that you were bought? It's like a slave being set free. You were redeemed but not with perishable things. See, when I buy you a gift I I buy it with perishable money. I may buy it with gold. I may buy it with silver. I may barter something that moth and rust can erode. But with precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, is the blood of Christ. It is priceless. And yet, something that you could put no worth on because it has so much worth, you couldn't name it. God said it is worth you. And you. You, and me, and whosoever would believe. But because his blood has so much worth, it is a blank check of redemption. Amen? Whosoever would believe. So when you go out and you share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, you do not have to ask yourself, I don't know if the blood can pay the price. What do we know, church? The blood can pay the price. The blood can pay the price of our sin. And it doesn't say that he appeared so that he could do something, anything else than for the sake of us. He says, for the sake of you. Everything God does is going to bring him glory. Everything God does is going to cause us to worship him more. And I'm not going to say and stand behind this pulpit and preach to you a seeker-sensitive gospel or preach to you that God is all for us and the Bible is for us. But if I look at you in the eyes, church, and I say that I love you, am I not saying I love you? That's what Jesus is saying. doesn't take away from His holiness. doesn't take away from His majesty. It doesn't take away from his glory it adds to it doesn't it it adds to it he loves us for the sake of us he died after this jesus knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture said i am thirsty a jar full of sour wine was standing there so they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop And brought it up to his mouth Therefore when Jesus had received the sour wine He said it is finished And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit He was crucified He was led away He was mocked He was betrayed He was accused With Barabbas They let out A thief A rapist A wicked man, a murderer, abominable things over Jesus Christ. But this is what had to happen. This is what had to happen. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. It is finished. The finished work. Right then and there, we are sold. We're sold bought by the price of Jesus Christ. Then the Jews, because it was a day of preparation so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and the other who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, They did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth so that you also may believe. For these things came to pass to fulfill the scripture. Not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, They shall look on him who they pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted permission, so he came and took away his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight, so they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices and the burial custom of the Jews." Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. And there he laid. And there Jesus laid with fully everything paid for. What, what else can we say except... Thank you. What a wonderful gift He has given to us. What a wonderful Jesus Christ that had done this thing for us. And we are completely undeserving of it. He stood in the gap. He did what we could not do. But the amazing thing is, is knowing that He died for us is that all you have to do is profess with your lips, confess with your lips that He is Lord and then believe in your heart that he died, as we just read. And then on Easter, you will see that he rises again on the third day, that he rose. And once you do that, you're saved. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. We were bought. And because we believe in Jesus Christ, we join ourselves to the Lord in one spirit with Him. We become a temple of the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus did, because we were bought at that high price of His blood. It's so simple. Right now, All you have to say is Jesus is Lord. Say it with me. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. But it's not saying it that saves you. It's believing it. The tongue is a rudder of the the man. Out of the mouth, the heart speaks. So when we say Jesus is Lord... It is believing in the heart that he is Lord. That he indeed did die for us. And just like that, just like that, he sends his Holy Spirit. He seals us for the day of redemption. And what did Jesus say to that woman? That woman who was mocked and ready to be stoned? He said, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Glorify God in your body. It's so simple. Even right now in your seat, if you say, Well, I don't I don't know if I can believe that. I don't I don't know. But you feel that you you love a God who could die for you. You're saved right there. Right there in your seat, friend. Right there in your seat, you're saved. And the most beautiful thing about all of that is that we will be with him forever. Gold, precious gold. The material of the wall was jasper and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone and the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. What I just read for you in Revelation is a depiction of that new earth and that new heaven, of that new heavenly city, that is streets of gold, walls of gold. For every believer, for every believer, you, tonight, you saw God. You saw that He was foretold. You know that if you believe that you were sold at the precious price of His blood, now, gold just rhymes. It's fun to say. It's, it can say behold and foretold and sold and gold. Very easy to remember. But my point is, friend, you'll be with him forever. You'll be with him forever in this new heaven new earth. See, right, right now, if, if you were to walk out of here and some tragic thing happened, but you placed your faith in Jesus Christ tonight, you'd be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Amen? And then when he returns, and eventually we make it here to this new city of gold, perhaps, in fact, I know, we'll remember the gospel. We'll remember believing in him. Things that angels look into and don't understand how we're saved. It's, It's... Absolutely amazing. It is nothing short of a complete miracle. We will be with God forever. But you know, just in case God were to get a little divine dementia, he made sure that he would write every believer, every believer's name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Continuing on in Revelation 21, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. So just before we move on, the Lamb. The Lamb. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He is the lamp. He is the light, which John talks about in chapter 1. The lamp is the Lamb, and in the daytime, for there will be no night there. Its gates will never be closed, and they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into it. But only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus came for you and for I And if tonight You put faith in Jesus Christ Your name is in that book I know my name is in that book Do you? I'm telling you that you can And I would even give you a mission when you leave here I would tell you to go read first John And I would say start there And as you live your life, you will see evidence of this salvation. But be reminded that he will never leave you nor forsake you. That your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now, I can't tell you of salvation. I can't tell you of Jesus Christ and say he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And not warn you what would happen if you do not believe in this Passover lamb, in this lamb who paid the price for us so that we do not pay for our sin, but Jesus did. Then I saw the previous chapter in Revelation, John speaking, a great white throne and him who sat upon it. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne and books were opened, multiple books. And another book was opened, which is the book of life and the dead were judged from the things which were written in the books according to their deeds. You will either be judged by Jesus' blood, or you will be judged by every single thing you've ever done. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've had moments where I am overcome with things that I've done. Guilt, shame, regret. And if we do not put our faith in Jesus Christ, every single one of those things will be read to us. We will be judged by it. Every single thing. Who can stand before such judgment? I cannot. And I know Jesus loves me. I know God loves me. I know God doesn't want that to happen. But it will, because that's righteousness. That's what will happen. There is one way. You say, well, Joe, that's not fair. It is so fair. Because one thing we have to do to pay for everything that we've ever done. So, friend, if you're still on the fence and you're unsure whether or not Jesus is for you I tell you tonight that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess and you will either be with him you will be one of his sheep you will be one of his children or you will be cast off into the outer darkness as as one of those goats judged according to the deeds then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire this is the second death the lake of fire and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life, he was thrown into that lake of fire. It is appointed for man to die once and then to be judged. That judgment, if you do not know Jesus Christ tonight, that is the second death. You will not cease. You will not forget you will remember forever that right here and right now, because today, now is the time of salvation, that you heard the gospel, that you could have accepted Jesus Christ through grace. It is by grace through faith we are saved. But because of God's righteousness, If your name is not found written in that book of life, you will be thrown out into the lake of fire. The lake of fire that was intended for Satan and those fallen angels was not intended for you and for I. It was not intended for Adam and Eve. It was not intended for mankind. But that's what will happen if we do not believe in Jesus Christ. So let me just recap view God, behold the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world. His one purpose, that when he found himself in the form of a man, he humbled himself even to the point of death, death on a cross. He was foretold, this was the plan the whole time, from the beginning that Adam disobeyed, that mankind sinned. From the beginning, God set his plan of redemption, of paying the price in motion. So then, we are sold that plan of redemption. We are sold. We are bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And then, if we believe in him, very simple, as I said, you confess with your lips and believe in your heart, whosoever believes will be saved. You will be with him forever. You too will be part of that city of gold. But let me tell you this about that city of gold. It is not about the gold. It's about the lamb. It's about God. This is all a word picture. I don't even know if it actually will be gold. This is all what John viewed in Revelation. This is just for us to image in our mind's eye just how beautiful it will be. Just how amazing. And it will be amazing. But if not, you will be thrown into the outer darkness, into that lake of fire. Please, Jesus wills that no one would perish. God wills that no one would perish, or else He would not have paid such a high price. Accept salvation, believe in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this beautiful gospel message. Thank you for the sacrifice that you have made. Thank you for doing what we could never have done. Thank you that you are the precious lamb. That your blood is washed over us. That when the accuser goes up to your throne and says, Look at what Joe did, look at what your church did. You say, Father, my son is enough. We thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you and we love you. We thank you and we cannot thank you enough that you conquered death and now there is no sting. We are victorious. We are no longer sinners, but we are saints. Thank you, God, forever and ever. And we look forward to hearing More so this Sunday when we know that you rose again and you conquered death. We love you when you pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.